If nothing else from this seminar, I want you to figure out what the hell do you want. Not what you think you can get. What do you want? We say to make a paradigm shift, that's what you're doing. You're going to learn exactly how to do it here today. Brian, hi. Hey, thank you. Welcome back to You Were Born Creators. Wow, have we got a show for you today. Brian Dalmaso is Bob Proctor's number one coach in the world. Now, for the two or three people in the world left that still hasn't heard the name Bob Proctor know who he is, <laughs> Bob Proctor stands at the pinnacle peak summit of personal development and human potential. And so Brian Dalmaso is his number one coach in the world. Now, Brian has a little bit of a secret weapon in his bag, and that weapon is called Madison Dalmaso. Mm -hmm. So I refer to them as the number one father-daughter coaching team in the world, and I don't think that's a far stretch. Brian, glad to have you on. Yeah, Kirk, same as, same as well. I really appreciate your time. appreciate you having us on. I was honored when you reached out to us to uh, – to have us on your show. So uh, again, blessings to you. And yeah, I couldn't be more grateful. My daughter is, uh, I, I, I often call her my retirement plan. <laughs> <laughs> you picked a good one. So I think about you and I think about your story. Of course, Bob Proctor's story is 59 years in development. And mm. maybe you can touch on that a little bit. But the one thing that I want to start before we dive into the meat of this, the real rubber meets the road. How did you go about meeting him, lining up with him. How did that go down? Just sure. Sure, sure. And no, I'm glad, a about to, uh, that first. glad to chat about that. Good question. Um, actually, it was quite a mistake that I actually met him for the first time. It was, um, it was through another venture that I was pursuing. And I went to a, um, I went to a conference in, in Las Vegas, and he happened to be one of the speakers. I didn't know anything about Bob, to be honest with you. And um, I went to this conference, and it was about 30 speakers over three days. It was a global conference. It was a big deal. And Bob was talking about something that nobody else was. He was talking about the sciences, the physiology and the sciences of how wealthy people think and act and operate. And since my background is mechanical engineering and things of that nature, it really just resonated. It really uh, sparked an interest. And um, it's funny, I was with a few friends and I said, you know what, I said, someday I'm going to be teaching and coaching and training with this man in this information. Now, I think they thought I was kidding, but, um, and, I, and I said by something like by 2018, well, by 2016, I was up in Toronto, I went to something called The Matrix, which was a week-long deep dive with Bob, and I found out that um, I had an opportunity to work with him as, as a coach, and uh, the rest right. has kind of been history, it's just been a blessing. Uh, it's never something I planned on doing. I went to Bob as a student looking to build wealth, looking to crack the code on, on how wealthy people think and act and operate. And I really just fell in love with the material. You know, it's such an impact yeah. on my life, my daughter's life, my businesses that uh, it, quite unexpectedly, I, I, uh, I fell in love with coaching this and, and Bob asked us to coach with him. And, and like anything else, we, we try to operate at a very high level and uh, the rest is kind of history, you know? Well, obviously it resonated because look at you now. And I'll tell you, I've had an opportunity to listen to some of your stuff. And with zero exaggeration, you move me. You have a way of articulation with the information. I'm, I'm obviously 
sorry, I am the biggest fan of Bob's. But right behind <laughs> him, so. you do have a real genuine gift in the way you articulate it to, to bring an understanding. And I think that's special. And so I think when you're folks that have the opportunity to listen to you, uh, I want to tell them, and I'm talking to them, uh, what you're hearing is gold. It's gold ribbon threaded. Take it to heart because what he's giving you are the laws of the universe. And I want to ask you before we get into um, some of the, the laws and some of the things that you teach, because I would like to hear uh, just a quick snippet version from you of that. But when I say to you, you were born creators, what does that do to you? What is that? How does that flare up in you in terms of a meaning? You know, it's funny, Kirk, when the first time you mentioned to that me, um, it didn't sink in at first. You know, I mean, I heard it, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't, it was like, oh, it's a catchy title. And then I said, well, wait a minute. And it really sunk in because I really applied it to what we teach uh, in the universal laws. And said, what that really means, and, and, and we all, we are, are part of the same creative uh, consciousness, right? I often hold up my, my iPhone. I said, if you don't think we're creators, these things don't grow on trees. <laughs> yeah. through, through the studies that I've had, both on the, on the science side and, and the theology side, it indicates that we're all part of the same consciousness. We're all part of that same God consciousness. We are creators. We can create. Now, we're not taught to create. and We've grown up in a very mechanical age. But when you came out with that title, You Were Born Creators, uh, when it sunk in, I was like, I was like, that's gold. That's really gold because that's really what we're trying to highlight to people is, uh, you know, life happens through you, not to you. And most people are living from the outside in a reactive state instead of from the inside out in a responsive state. We literally create our environment, but most people just don't know that. And why would we? Because we're not taught that way in school, right? We're taught very mechanical, you know, math, mm -hmm. English, history. We're not, we're not taught about the laws of the universe or spirituality or, or even the physiology of how we think and act and operate. So. Yeah, I think that title is just, uh, it's just really deep, really deep. Well, it hit me, um, and I won't get into that because this is about you, but it did hit me in a moment's time. It, it came as a, what is the end game description? And that's what hit me. And so as we talk about this in reference to You Were Born Creators, share with us, if you could give us a five or 10 minute, someone's never heard of this before. Mm-hmm. They've never heard of Bob Proctor or Brian Dalmasso, all right? What are you trying to say to the human race? What are you trying to say to all 7.7 .7 billion of us about what's going on here, how things come about, how we get what we get? Am I responsible? Does it happen to me? Give us just a few moments run through of your version. Sure, sure. The beautiful thing is this is not my version. It's not my opinion either. It's, it's physics and science. That's what I love about it. It's not Bob's opinion either. He's just been a really good student and so have I. So when we work with people, what I love about it is it's not opinion. I'm not offering somebody my opinion. I'm offering them the truth, you know. And if, you know, if we had to kind of sum it up in a crash course here, you know, we are in a universe that's governed by law. Universal laws, God, laws of God, call it what you will. There's the universal law of gravity. There's a universal law of electricity, magnetism. People are somewhat familiar with these, right? Um, mm -hmm. Most people understand gravity, at least so far as they're not going to go to the top of their roof and jump off and challenge it, right? 
But right. nobody, nobody can explain gravity. The most erudite physicist in the world cannot explain gravity. We have theories, and that's about as deep as it goes. And it's the same thing with electricity. You know, billions of people or maybe hundreds of millions go over to light switches every day and the hair dryers. We turn the switch and light comes on or heat comes out. But we don't ever think about the principle, the invisible, intangible, universal laws that are governing electricity. Right? We can bring it from a higher to a lower, but we can't go the other way around. But yet we're in harmony with electricity, at least so far and as much that we can light up cities and light up the world. Right. We're in harmony with gravity in so far as much as we can fly around the world at six or 700 miles an hour in, in jets, right? Mm-hmm. But we, can't even ex- we can't explain this. We can't explain the natural laws of God and nature that turn an acorn into an oak tree, but we know that it happens. So what I love about, about Bob and what we do, and I think that's what you tuned into, is we're able to take Harvard-level subjects and explain to people that how they think and act and operate, the, the connection between the conscious mind, the subconscious mind, the body, the spirit, the intellect, and the body. Right? We exist on three planes, but we were never given a user's manual when we were born. <laughs> right guess what what? neither were our parents or their parents or their parents it's generational ignorance i went 43 years not knowing really anything about this stuff despite being in an engineering world and and solar engineering mechanical engineering you know architecture construction superior knowledge but inferior results Mm -hmm. i knew nothing about these laws uh these universal laws now when we talk about the law of attraction we lose a lot of people they think it's an ethereal kind of foo-foo unicorns and rain oh i believe in the law of attraction well that's like saying you believe in the law of gravity right you either it doesn't matter if you believe in it if you if you act against it it can kill you so it's not about believing or not believing the law of attraction should say the law of magnetism i think a lot more people would understand if we just said the law of magnetism i think they would understand it more right maybe you can just coin the phrase right here (laughs) i think so right (laughs) um (laughs) Because the, the, the deal here is human beings are electromagnetic beings. That's not my opinion. That's science, right? There's, there's more, more potential yeah. power. Um, there's 11 million kilowatts of potential power stored up in one pound of, of human flesh, right? And mm-hmm. that's, that's more than uh, you could light up a whole city if you could harness the power in a human. So there's just a lot of ignorance out there, and it's not being taught. So we can take a very complex subject and break it down into some very – uh, simple, teachable, duplicatable um, trainings, if you will, that can teach people, well, how do people generate wealth, true wealth? Well, those people are in harmony with these laws. They may not even know it. They might have been born an unconscious competent like a Warren Buffett or even a Bob Proctor at first. Um, but when Bob became a multimillionaire at a young can age... Can you stop right there and just yeah. spend about 15 seconds on unconscious competent and Absolutely, yeah. maybe just a little bit more understanding of what that means so that some people can go, well, this guy can do it. And that, I think, is what you're talking about. That's exactly right. Yeah, some people, for whatever reason, and I don't know why, and Bob doesn't either. He's been studying for 60 years. Some people are born uh, in harmony with these laws. You know, the, the Henry Ford's, right? The Thomas Edison's, the, the Brian uh, Dalmasso's. <laughs> well, actually it's a little different. It's a little different. I'll tell you why. I was not born an unconscious competent. I learned this over time. Mm-hmm. So here, here's the secret sauce. Here's the hope for humanity, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's only one in a million people that's born an unconscious competent. That for some reason, they're just in harmony with this stuff and they just get an image in their mind and they create the image in their mind. The next thing you know, you have a Steve Jobs. 
But Steve Jobs could not articulate, teach, and coach people why he was like he was. What we can do and what Bob has cracked the code on is we can teach this stuff. So I'm actually a product of, of the teaching. I am not an unconscious competent. You see the difference? Yes, I do. So now we can take anybody, and I do mean anybody, that has desire, right, that has, that has hunger and desire, that wants to learn, and we can teach them the mindset of like a Henry Ford or a Thomas Edison and how those people are able to take nothing or no thing, put it into motion, into creation, and create the Ford Motor Company or anything, anything that somebody wants. Something you said just a moment ago, you said held the image or the picture. Can you speak to that a little bit? Sure. When you understand the creative mechanism that a human being is from the conscious to the subconscious to the body, we are like a piece of wire. If you have a light switch and a, and a wire or a conduit and then a light bulb, human beings would be the wire in that equation. We are a conduit for energy flow. We are a conduit for creation. Right? So when we hold an image in our mind long enough that the subconscious mind can grab it, our physical body will take action to create whatever that is. I mean, that's how the Hoover Dam got there. A certain group of people at some point had nothing. They had an image in their mind right. of, of doing the impossible, right? Putting a rocket on the moon. That was impossible at one point, but a certain group of people held an image in their mind, right? For a long enough period of time that the subconscious grabbed a hold of that image and started causing their bodies to move into motion and start experimenting, testing over a period of 10 years, trial and error. What people call failure is just feedback, right? So when we hold an image of our minds, we can create it. But most people don't believe they can, so it's a fleeting image. Mm -hmm. right? I want to create a company. I'm an employee, but I want to create a company. And they have a fleeting image. It's not a dominant, continuous image. So it Does emotion play a role with this picture, or is it just the picture? No, absolutely. Emotion absolutely has a play with it. Emotion is vibration. Right now you're talking about magnetism. When you're talking about the law of attraction, uh, the law of attraction responds to the first primary law of vibration. So when we say emotion, what you're really saying is vibration. If you told me you feel sad, what you're saying is I'm consciously aware that I'm in a low vibration. If you feel excited, you're saying I'm consciously aware that I'm in a high vibration. Mm -hmm. right? So when we learn to control vibration and get on a high vibration all the time, you attract other people, circumstances, and opportunities into your life that are on that frequency. So we're totally instinctively aware of all this, but we're, it's like we're asleep to it, and then we use differing language that's been created to help us express something we don't even understand. 100%. Yeah, a lot of the words we use, like there's no such thing as impossible. That, the word impossible is just something we use to explain the unknown. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was, it was impossible that we could ever fly at one point, and the entire scientific community thought the world was flat. Yeah. So everything is perception and awareness and relativity. Uh, all, the, all the information that ever was or ever will be is omnipresent at all times, and it was here since the beginning. So it's only man's ability to tap into the frequency, raise the vibration with universal consciousness or God, right? All, the all-knowing, the all-intelligent, uh, that we start to download information. It's a two-way mm -hmm. street. And that's why I say it's a conduit for energy flow. What most people are not doing is turning the light switch on. Mm-hmm. Right? And the light switch is desire in that equation. You've got to have desire. Okay. That's so that's the, that's the activator switch of the picture, right? The deal, yeah. yeah. And the reason why I think people lose desire is from limiting beliefs. They just don't think they can accomplish what floats into their mind based on 
the conditioning and the paradigm of past generations or even their own experiences. You know, if you're born in the welfare system, it's extremely difficult in that environment to be the next, you know, Thomas Edison. Mm-hmm. It's possible. One in a million is an unconscious competence that will spit out of that system. But by and large, that environment is going to keep generating the same results time after time, you know? Right. You know, when I think about this whole thing, one of the things, when people look at what you're saying as possibilities, I think, at least this is what I see with my own children, the the modern day perception from a child is that successful people never fail. Mm. And I, and I call it uh, that we just come through the last 10 years of the participation ribbon award group because we're all and and I don't mean that disparagingly, but there is results that the people are going to be facing as they become young adults. And if they're not taught or trained properly how to realize that failing is a part of succeeding, then I feel we're not equipping them to face the world they'll be walking into. So my question to you is, without bringing too much light to it, would you mind sharing a few things that perhaps didn't work out for you, (laughs) but you didn't stop, you just kept going? I read one day, the the other day, a successful person is just a failure that didn't quit. That's a great saying. So do you have anything you want to share? And I'll tell you why I'm asking. Because like Michael Jordan didn't make his high school basketball team. Mm -hmm. How is that possible? And what if when he went home, he wouldn't have retried out the next year or later that season? Think of how that hole in sports history would be different. Yeah, Michael's a great example. Great example. I love that you brought him. I use him all the time because Michael was an unconscious competent. He is an unconscious competent. He had an image in his mind of being the greatest basketball player that ever lived. It wasn't an image of of being great. It wasn't an image of playing in the NBA. It was an image of being the greatest basketball player of all time. (laughs) Now, Michael was living from the inside out in a responsive state, which means it didn't matter that he didn't make his high school team. It was completely irrelevant. That was not the image he had. It's like, well, that just, that, it was just not meant to happen that way. That's all. Now, Michael probably couldn't have articulated all this, but looking from the outside and knowing what we know, um, that image that he had in his mind was in his subconscious, and it drove him to be the greatest player ever. Uh, when we say failure, even that word, right, words are powerful. Yes. Uh, fail, the only time somebody fails is when they quit. A lot of times what we're labeling as failure is feedback. It should be called mm-hmm. feedback too. Where's the pen? I'm going to write that down. And I have a ton of feedback. <laughs> I think Bob does too, not speaking to a man that's not in the room, but he will say that. And you look at, I think Babe Ruth was the strikeout king the year he was the home run champ. Do you know that yeah, to be true? Correct. Yeah, he held the record the, the, you know, the, the record for home runs and the record for strikeouts. You're 100% I think correct. the kids today need to know this kind of thing. That's not to stay on the negative, but that it's part of the formula and it's okay. Yeah. 
Well, here's the beautiful truth to this. Feedback, or what we call failure, is not a negative thing in the first place. It's quite necessary. Uh-huh. It, it's quite necessary. I mean, uh, if we had a world where everybody just tried something and it worked, you would have bliss on tap and you'd have mass suicides. Human beings, we wouldn't know what joy is if we didn't know what suffering was. We wouldn't know happy if we didn't know sad. There's a universal law of polarity or the law of opposites. And if we, if we just had bliss on tap, we would literally go insane because we'd have no reference and it wouldn't feel anything, right? So right. the only thing that makes success so sweet is the trials and tribulations and the, the feedback along the way. And I've had a lot of feed, I've had a couple of feedbacks in marriages, but I'm not going to give up on, on love and, and the whole idea, right? I'm not, quite the opposite. I actually, I'm more in love with that idea than ever. And it's, it's the opposite of what people would think. So in business and in life, um, we have so many words that are misconstrued. We look at security as being a 40-year career with a company. Mm-hmm. And that's the most risky thing in the planet, if you ask me. You know what's secure is having a dozen revenue streams around the globe. That's what's secure yeah. is an entrepreneur, right, from different industries. Right. Um, but so, we, so based on what you just said right there, what if Brian looks out 25 years hmm. and, he, and he sees himself out there 25 years from now? What's he doing? Probably along the lines of what Bob's doing. I mean, my, my, my goal after age 60 is to just be purely on the side of philanthropy with foundations, giving back, coaching, teaching, training, speaking all over the world. Until the day I die, I'll probably drop dead on the stage, very similar to Bob. I mean, it, I've really fallen in love with connecting the dots and helping people, the whole uh, human spirit. And the funny thing about me being on my, my uh, Facebook feed here is that people that have known me for 40 years, they're not going to probably resonate with that. They would have known me as more of a selfish person growing up. Uh, I don't think in like a horrible way. I mean, we all, I think we're all born into this society. And we're trying to look out for ourselves and our family. And sure. uh, you know, not many people are thinking, how can I impact the world? You know? A go-getter instead of a go-giver. Exactly. So this is going to be a foreign concept for some of the people probably watching this. But uh, that's, that's how I see it. You know, I, I see really following in Bob's footsteps at, at a grander scale because now we're in an age of technology and communication. You know, Bob's been doing this since the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and he's 85 years old now. But we're going into an age where with the, with the you know, I'm broadcasting all over the world on two platforms. Here. I know. It's incredible. Just that alone. Mm-hmm. So then how do you see the, the personal coaching business industry where we're taking an individual that wants to be better, they reach out for your help, and you work with them? Do you see, and maybe you're letting some secrets out of the bag, but do you see any additional concepts or processes and ways to work with people as you go forward oh absolutely we already have one of them in place to be honest it's called the uh the matrix mindset academy mm-hmm. right? so for for decades now um you know personal coaching business coaching high level coaching from mentor to mentor um the information that's really shaped this world has been out of reach for the masses it's been, it's just been financially out of reach. I mean, uh, for everybody. So we created something called the matrix mindset Academy where we're leveraging technology. We're using Facebook live mm-hmm. and we go, I go live every single day coaching this material and we could be doing with Facebook. We could be doing that to millions or even tens or hundreds of millions of people with the platform. There's no, there's no size limit to the groups you can have. So this is not out there in the future. This is something we're already doing. And we have this for 67 cents a day, $19 a month, right? 
So this has been my dream in the first wow. place. That's right? a, how, do, yeah. how do I, how do we get this out to millions of people around the world? Um, that's incredible, so Brian. It, that's a beautiful gift. Yeah. I mean, it's here and now that's the beautiful part. It's not out there. It's, it's already happening in real so time. You're saying they can have access to you. What does that look like? What's their experience for each user at this 67 cents? What is that? 20 bucks a month. <laughs> 20 bucks a month. Yeah. What, what yeah. do, okay. So you can't even go to Starbucks five times. What is their experience with that? Sure. That's a great question. So what we have, and we're trying, not trying, we are over delivering the value, right? Um, we we're coming live every single day and through Facebook live, and it's also recorded. So th again, through the brilliance of Facebook, Facebook has units. They have a whole structure for free that you can set up where you can have recordings and you can have, you know, uh, programs and you can have access to, you know, hundreds and hundreds of videos. And that's what we've been doing. There's a couple of hundred videos already up there. Okay. Um, so we're doing daily live coaching there. And the, the beautiful part about that is opposed to just a, like a reactive thing, like an email in the morning. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's, it's a two way street. People can comment, they can ask questions. And then what we're doing on Monday nights using the zoom technology, is we're doing an hour-long interactive webinar where people can come with business development questions. They can come with questions of PTSD, really anything, because this, this material can be used to help people in, in any area of their lives. It's, it's really, a, I think you can hear it in my voice. It's really a passion. I can hear it in your voice. It, it's oozing out of you. And, that's, and that is what I noticed about you. It's what I definitely noticed about Bob. And you see all the people operating at the highest level. I really do believe it is from the heart. It is, it is a driven thing of service to their fellow man. I mean, I'm sure that's how it, it feels to you. Mm, no, 100%. That's the service to many leads to greatness, right? <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I'll tell you what, the time flies by and I knew it would and I wish we had more time. We don't today. But I have a couple of questions that I'd like to ask you. They might border on the personal, and so you may have to dig deep. But let's just pretend for a moment today was your last day on earth. Mm. <laughs> what is something that you would want to share with all of the world what your time meant while you were here? Mm, that's a, you, you're right. That's a deep question. <laughs> Yeah, if this, is the, if this was my last day, what would I want people to sort of feel about what we did? I mean, I think, um, I think I would want them to understand the power of transformation from where I was to, to where I am, that anybody could do that. You know, how do you go from being, you know, fairly selfish one way to wanting to tap into and impact everyone, like humanity going forward, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so if you could sum that up, whatever that is, I would want to, I would want to be sort of either remembered or, or pass that forward that if I can do it, anybody can do it. Number one, mm, that's beautiful. Me. And, um, I think that's, that's a good message right yeah. there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, let me ask you this. It's a little deeper. What do you hope? What do you hope mm. your, daughter, your daughter Maddie thinks and feels about you? when you're gone? Well, one of the beautiful things is that her and I are at such a high level of awareness and information that she routinely expresses how she feels. So I'm actually living the hope in real time, if that makes sense. I don't think... Well, it sure does. And there's a lot of jealous fathers on listening right now. <laughs> well, it wasn't always like that. Uh, it wasn't always like that. You know, Maddie grew up in a divorced family, 
everything was fine. She had two amazing households. I was always uh, really friendly with, um, you know, her mom's, you know, other partners. And matter of fact, sure. my project manager in my construction company is my ex-wife's other ex-husband. We'll go to oh, wow. different stories. So I've always been, yeah. we've always been very harmonic. So Maddie's had a very blessed life, but um, it wasn't always um, this level of connection because I was a, you know, a divorced parent. So I only had sure. time. But since around age 10 on, we started having what we call these hot tub talks. Her and I would be in the mm -hmm. hot tub and we'd be looking out into space, like pondering some deep stuff. I always talk to her just like I'm talking to you right now. That's and it. both her mom and myself are entrepreneurs. So she grew up in that environment of just wide open thinking, you know? Right. But I, uh, I don't have to hope what she's going to think about it. I, I know. And she's, it's, it's being passed on already. She's seen the transformation in real time. And I, I, um, I know that she knows where my heart is with, with impacting humanity. And she's on this, she's in the same path, you know, that's a spec. What a beautiful, beautiful opportunity for both of you. I mean, you, you could just imagine the parents that would love to have that. And so I just am so happy for both of you that you have that relationship. That is beautiful. If let's pretend for a minute, final Final words, sending out. Let's pretend for a minute they're building a statue of you. It's made of marble. It's going to last a thousand years. They're erecting it in your hometown. <laughs> and there's a little area for an epitaph. Final words. For a thousand years, what do you want to say? Oddly enough, this is actually a pretty easy one. And it, it wouldn't be about me. It wouldn't have anything to do with me. It would just simply say, we become what we think. Mm. I would want something that when people walk to it, instead of being a monument to me, it would spark the creative spirit. It's like, what does that mean? And maybe they would go searching for that answer. We become what we think. That's a literal equation. Incredible. Not a figurative thing, right? Right. Incredible. So, I love that. We become what we think. Beautiful. Well, Brian, like I said, time flew by. I wish we had more time. That was a beautiful way to close out the show. Thank you for coming on. Will you come on again? Oh, absolutely. It's been a blessing. Again, thank you for reaching out to me. Uh, I really appreciate it. I was honored when you reached out. And uh, yeah, we will definitely do this again. It's a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you. And there he goes, ladies and gentlemen, Brian Dalmaso, Bob Proctor's number one coach in the world, along with his beautiful helper and supporter, Maddie Dalmaso, the number one coaching father and daughter team in the world. Thanks for coming on, Brian. Thank you as well, Kirk. Be well. Take care. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. All right, everybody. There it is. Another live podcast behind the scenes. Hopefully you guys get some value out of that. It was really fun. I wanted to thank Kirk, too, for coming on. Just a, uh, a great friend and a colleague. Um, fellow mastermind in this material and I look forward to great things together so be well everybody take care we'll talk to you soon if nothing else from this seminar I want you to figure out what the hell do you want not what you think you can get what do you want We say to make a paradigm shift, that's what you're doing. You're going to learn exactly how to do it here today.